Uh, what I'm going to do is give an overview sort of of who she is and also uh, related, of course, to the Montana years. Um, and then uh, just really let a number of, quite a few actually, images sort of tell the story. Um, and then uh, I'll occasionally maybe insert a quote and uh, at the end mention her uh, legacy as well. Um, I would have included a few more baseball-related images, but uh, the Apple updates have agitated me significantly, and that uh, isn't happening. But in any event, uh, by June 27, 1914, friends of Enid <coughs> Giddings in Lincoln, Nebraska, had received word that she left her home in Superior, Nebraska, Friday for Montana, where she will file on a claim. Dubbing their joint homestead in uh, Fergus County, Montana, the self-referencing Willina, uh, Giddings and her ranch companion, as she was termed, Wilma M. Wood, wrote to their Alpha Phi sorority sisters back in Nebraska sometime before January 1915. The neighbors are cowboys, college people, real farmers and adventurers, all lighthearted with the inspirations of a new land. The year is too short. The camping, horseback riding, hunting, and farming take hold of the imagination and will help us meet the situations of college and city for years to come. Giddings fits a particular combination of those types of individuals listed in her letter, participating in all aspects of a sort of roughing it deluxe, as she termed it, uh, in homesteading life, uh, understanding all experience would help her and her ranch companion meet the needs uh, in the future. That future included directing University of Montana's women's physical education program beginning in 1917. Noting Giddings as the former director of physical education at the University of Nebraska, and Wilma Wood as a UN grad and instructor of German at a high school there, the Alpha Phi report indicates the two had ventured there to bring themselves into more personal contact with real Western life, not because they would need to depend on their work on the homestead for the rest of their lives. Today, the land looks much the same uh, as it did uh, in her era, 100 years before, though cattle, not Willina's horses and cultivated portions, now occupy the land. But Giddings' time in Montana is not just in the story of an intrepid homesteader, deluxe or otherwise. After 14 months, Giddings and Wood returned to Nebraska in 1915, both paying off the, la the land in 1916. They visited Montana again in August of 1916, visiting, camping for 10 days in Glacier National Park. And she was promoted herself quite a bit. She's in newspapers all the time. And when asked about that trip, she said that she and her companion did not do the usual trip uh, through the park with the guides on regular routes, but spent their time hiking and making camping excursions, seeing the park at their leisure. They returned again to Montana in 1917, initially believing it, I think, a more enduring move when Giddings permanently left UN to head up the University of Montana Women's Physical Education Department as the Great War dragged a reluctant United States into its trenches. Wilma Wood, pictured here in 1918, uh, came not as an instructor of German, as the war had lost many of its teachers of, Germans their job, teachers of German their jobs. She seems to have served as a veritable assistant to Giddings, sometimes referred to as faculty in physical education, although no employment record survives. 
she also then proved to be, uh, was also a uh, member of Alpha Phi from University of Nebraska, and that also comes to be relevant as she and Giddings begin uh, the chapter at University of Montana uh, as well. Um, but both then enlisted as reconstruction aides linked to the U.S. Uh, medical, uh, Army Medical Corps in 1918 to really be the first generation of essentially what are today physiotherapists. Uh, but at the time, that was a new way of uh, addressing the wounds of uh, men who had gone to war. Um, ultimately, she'll also uh, meet up with Irene Eldred, a teacher from Montana, and she mentions her in correspondence to the university president, uh, Sisson, as well, um, to do refugee work with Armenians in Turkey as that war drags uh, or ends, but the uh, effects of that war continue on. Um, simultaneously, uh, Dean of Women at uh, Montana, Dr. Uh, Kate Jameson, uh, looking rather distinguished and perhaps severe, we might say. Um, however, uh, she's actually an interesting story in herself. We might call her today a non-traditional student. Um, she actually earns her PhD uh, as a widow with a young child. Um, and uh, she's routinely, as was common in the day, referred to as Mrs. Jameson, even though she uh, certainly had the title of doctor. And in the larger story that this uh, comes from, uh, she's actually quite significant also in terms of uh, getting gettings to uh, come to University of Arizona. So while part my presentation today is part of a larger work and reflective of the unique experience of a fascinating individual and the significance of single women, so-called commuter homesteaders in Montana, um, these Montana years of the proud Phi Beta Kappa key holder expose how Giddings implemented her developing revolutionary uh, educational perspective as she took charge of University of Montana's program um, a situation that allowed her to really implement her ideas that were not necessarily common for the day. Homesteading and her university work in Montana really, I believe, formed a nexus in her personal and career development that aided her life's work of educating the body, as I term it, uh, allowing Giddings to assess and apply her arguments that brain muscle experience is supreme and one must learn by doing, with outdoor efforts ranked highest in that regard for Giddings. And also that physical educators must be and develop leaders as they speak for competition without apology in an era when most thought athletic competition for women not only unfeminine, but dangerous uh, as well. So the physicality of the homesteading experience and I apologize some of the quality of these photos. They are from 1914 or so, um, and uh, don't all, aren't always as clear as I might like. They haven't been refined yet. Um, but nonetheless, um, what she seems to emphasize again and again is the physicality and why physicality for women um, in a practical sense, but also in a, uh, what it suggests about capabilities, leaderships, and otherwise um, seems to really be forefront in the way that she took photographs, in the way she writes, in published articles, uh, and otherwise. And I think her homesteading experience really uh, funnels into that as well. But before she came to Montana, uh, she really grew up active in baseball and other sports in Superior, Nebraska. As she put it, 
Mother tried to make a lady out of me, but with four brothers, I was usually drafted into a baseball game on the vacant lot, and that's how I got my start in physical education. Uh, I guess the nearest I ever came to living up to my mother's ambition, which this may say something about her mother's ambition for her, was when I made Phi Beta Kappa at the University of Nebraska. So that happy intersection for her of the physical and the educational uh, is something, again, that prov uh, provides a theme to her life for a long time to come. So she graduates from University of Nebraska in 1906. Here she's pictured as the captain of her basketball team there over the uh, ball. Uh, right in front, and behind her is uh, Louise Pound, Dr. Louise Pound, who uh, served as sort of the volunteer coach because women's teams weren't going to get anyone paid for this, um, but also had uh, her reputation, especially in Nebraska, but really internationally. She received a PhD in Germany uh, at a time when most women didn't in the 19th century, and really uh, uh, was a significant individual in and of herself. Uh, this is a page from Getting Scrapbook, uh, where she, as you can tell, self-promotes even within her own record, pointing out where her name is at every possible opportunity um, as well. But also, again, sort of her notes that you can tell, uh, for example, this is a uh, publication about gr uh, girls basketball at the University of Nebraska, but she's taken that, uh, the picture of her coach, and not only added coach, so it's clear who this person is, but then rather than Miss Pound, added Louise Pound, PhD. Uh, again, sort of uh, part of my argument is that she adamantly situates herself in the historical record, uh, really across many states and beyond. And I think this is significant for women's history and certainly for someone of her uh, era. Now, uh, while at University of Nebraska and under her mentorship, one of her mentors was Dr. Raymond Clapp, who really came with another one of her mentors, Ann Barr, as sort of a partner hire. That wasn't the term then. Um, but he had a camera. Uh, supposedly his primary interest was, as I was telling uh, my, my fellow panelists here, um, in that he wanted to take, he had a new camera where he could take pictures and motion, it wouldn't be blurred. Um, I have a feeling there's more, a lot more self-promotion involved in that than just let's experiment with the camera. But that's Giddings, Hurtling, uh, another young woman uh, also in the uh, photograph. Um, shot pudding, nothing like doing this in woolen bloomers, you know. Uh, but again, amazing form actually. Um, Giddings, uh, uh, as uh, she was described as one of her classmates, is not only one of the most outstanding in her freshman year, uh, but also uh, as a strong-featured, unassuming girl who had the build of an athletic man and could excel in almost any gymnastic work with her well-coordinated body. Um, and so again, this, uh, this situation of she seemed to stand out to a whole lot of people. This, the photo in the program, uh, and there are others of her pole vaulting, uh, I actually think is quite a phenomenal photograph for many reasons. Uh, but, and it certainly is eye-catching. Um, this is 1905, um, and realized that, you know, women weren't allowed to compete in the Olympics pole vaulting until the 21st century, uh, but evidently, and part of the argument was women can't do it, they've never done it, I don't know if this is good, it's dangerous for women, that went on for decades. Uh, Giddings clearly showed that mm, they could do it, you know, a hundred years before. And I think that's one of the usefulness uh, aspects of history, is to say, actually, what we think has always been this way hasn't. 
Um, and again, doing it, you know, realize there's no cushy landing there. Um, and she's having to do it in this form because, of course, a woman couldn't do anything where her legs were going to be anything but plastered together. Um, and uh, it's really quite, and it was used, Clapp used it, and the university used it for promotional uh, things uh, for quite some time. So they got quite a bit of uh, wear out of this, um, even though she's frequently uncredited when it was uh, reprinted as well. This is her, a very you know, typical college student, uh, with her Alpha Phi uh, banner there in the back. Uh, she was a charter member at UN, and not only will she establish a chapter at uh, University of Montana, she will also establish a chapter uh, in 1923 at University of Arizona. And even though I know sometimes sororities, fraternities can have various reputations uh, today, um, the reality for women at this time, and I wish more young women understood this, was uh, women simply didn't have um, equal space with men at universities. Um, so she, when she was at Nebraska in 1912 as a faculty member, she did a study of the campus, for example, and found that there were only seven toilets for 1,500 women students at University of Nebraska. Um, and so part of the sorority movement, or if they were called fraternities at the time, was um, so that women would have places to live, study, use facilities uh, as well. So um, she, after college, she uh, turns down a local job, we might say, and she um, goes to lead uh, South Dakota. And while she was hired to be an English teacher with a small bit of athletics, um, she, according to her, uh, that morphed into a state championship basketball team. Um, I don't know yet what a state championship for girls basketball meant in 1907 uh, South Dakota, but nonetheless, um, she clearly, again, was part of self-promotion and promoting young women. She's part of a generation uh, of young women that are discovering that perhaps there are ways to, in a sense, get your name in the newspaper that aren't about your birth, marriage, or death. Um, and athletics more and more was becoming a way for you know, women's uh, visibility to uh, be there as well. Now when she goes to uh, 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 Grass Range, Montana, this is from uh, 2014, uh, the same year she goes there that this mercantile was built. Um, and the Cornhusker yearbook sends her off with an ode to Ina Giddings. They say you're going, Ina, out to Homestead in the West, you're a level-headed lady, and I think, and I reckon you know best. There are plenty on the campus who'd feel sad to see you go, and some cowboys mighty lucky. That's the surest thing we know. Well, maybe. The level-headed lady did not go alone when land near Grass Range, Montana, beckoned, as it did, of course, to many others in the same uh, decade. Uh, this is its main drag in from her photograph in 1914 and in 2014, and uh, looks like things were hopping a bit more 100 years ago uh, than they are uh, in, in this century. Uh, but she sort of documents this uh, throughout, from literally the first day uh, that she arrives. She goes there again with Ina, I mean with uh, Wilma Wood, um, who also played basketball at University of Nebraska. And what's interesting about this is although she was trained as a German uh, teacher, it will really be her association with and abilities in athletics that is going to help her through that rough patch of not being allowed to teach German because they're the enemy and uh, 
uh, as we'll see, uh, the language, music, all sorts of things were banned. So had she had to rely on being a German teacher, uh, she simply wasn't going to be employed. So this is their first day as they established residence in July. Uh, and again, they seem a bit overdressed uh, by our standards. Um, but that's a uh, uh, photograph taken of, uh, of uh, Giddings by Wood. This is a photograph taken of uh, Wood by Giddings and their trusty dog, Queen, who evidently over the years is going to have 13 puppies. Uh, rather prolific venture. Uh, not sure where the other dog came from, but uh, nonetheless. Um, again, that association of her, for her with homesteading, with work, as a physical experience and is something that's useful and even fun. Um, and uh, they, uh, you know, the, and then to record it, I think is quite something. She had her little, as it were, brownie camera uh, used all the time. Um, she, they, when they went, they did not drive to uh, Lena, but they, she was an early convert to driving and always loved her cars. This is actually one, a yearbook picture of her at a dealership. Uh, in 1921, so I guess it mattered to her. Um, in Tucson, um, her homestead, where she also homesteaded, was quite a ways off the beaten track, and eventually Tucson, or they put in a road, and they named it Ina Road, although everyone calls it Ina. Don't tell anyone I took that photograph. Um, <laughs> that was planned like miles ahead, but in any event, but everyone calls it Ina Road, and interestingly, I found out from a, a niece of hers that evidently growing up, she was always Ina. And at some point, she says, I'm Ina. Like, she changes her name, essentially, uh, as well. Or even later in life, as she's, and this, this is her words in her scrapbook, proud of my new Lincoln hardtop coupe. Um, so this is someone who, again, is uh, sort of pushing the boundaries early on in the century as well. Um, this is, uh, they do a lot of writing, they uh, hunt, they uh, travel to visit people that they meet there. This is, again, Wilma Wood in front of one of their little cabins. Uh, this is Giddings. Again, they kind of trade off taking photos uh, as well. Now, she was an a, a established equestrian, but at University of Arizona in the 1920s and 30s, she establishes uh, an equestrian program that is actually linked to the ROTC program, and uh, they use their horses and uh, otherwise, but um, she also enjoyed her pleasure riding. Clearly, again, that smile, um, her way of just being adamant and yet um, ingratiating at the same time, I think is a skill that, uh, you know, everyone complains about basically what a hardhead she was, and yet everyone also says, oh, she was so polite and gracious, and you're wondering, how could you uh, do both? So coming to Montana in the next couple of years to teach, she's really riding kind of a wave. There's a real concern in the country and certainly in Montana that the young people are not healthy enough. Uh, 35, about 35% of the young men who go in for physicals for World War I will not pass the physical. Um, and there's a real concern that the young men and women are not going to be physically competent. How are we going to be leaders in the world? And so this is a page from the uh, bulletin uh, from the university in that first line. There's probably no vocation open to young women today more attractive than those into which physical training leads. And later on it mentions that the demand is large and still unsupplied. Um, and so the state 
the nation um, women's uh, physical education programs um, are actually trying to grow and develop and I think this allows a window for her to basically step in and try stuff um, that she believes strongly in but that others might uh, not. So uh, homesteading sort of contributes to that. This is um, there each had four uh, you know plots and basically their line went between their uh, their property or their homestead line went between their two little cabins there. Uh, you see the laundry hanging out back uh, and even the shadow of the photographer there as well. So they lived uh, in close together but uh, you know did it legit in terms of their separate uh, residences. And again this is her, uh, this is she's photographing Wilma Wood. Uh, some work, chopping wood ironically for Wilma Wood, uh, but not for long, and my impression from the Nebraska yearbooks is Wood may have had a bit of a reputation as figuring out how not to quite work so hard. So maybe that was also a, a commentary, but uh, nonetheless, not getting uh, at all. So as you saw, um, the similarities in then and today, although their homesteading venture was actually rather productive, and of course in the same era, many are going to suffer given the, the drought and the realities of Montana ranch land uh, that at times was being sort of sold as farmland uh, as well. And I have to say it was wonderful to drive out there and be able to uh, really see sort of the same thing uh, as she would have seen a hundred years before. Her property was um, right where today Montana 19 heading uh, north-south, Blakesley Road uh, heading east and her homestead land, we kind of forget at times how significant that those plots were to later development. This is sort of the north side of her property, and then uh, Wilma Woods headed up north on the uh, east side of uh, Giddings Homestead. Um, they rose, uh, raised horses um, and, uh, you know, sort of justified their presence there uh, with their horse raising, uh, taking photographs as well. So um, the Wood family visited, and uh, how uh, her, her, uh, Wilma Wood's parents visited. He had also homesteaded, so again, they may have had sort of a support system there um, as they then go off to uh, you know, take trips even from their homesteading site. Um, the little, as she wrote at Willina, the whole ranch barn, which Wood had built, barn allows title. Uh, in terms of it's not just homesteading, it's, it's we have a ranch because we have another building on it. So she comes to University of Montana um, to head an instructor uh, training there. Um, and yet what's also clear in some of the communications between her and the university president is that basically she's advocating for herself. I'm worth more than what you say you're willing to pay me. Um, and uh, basically my experience says I get more than the minimum and she will continue to advocate like that for herself and others for the duration of her life. Um, and so she gets her way uh, and she comes to, uh, and part of what Sisson is saying is we're going to build up the department, I'll support you. And that's the kind of environment Giddings wants is I want to be able to do what I want to do, I know I'm right and uh, I want some freedom and she gets it here. Um, even before she arrives, she's in the newspapers, her name's not spelled right, but, um, and that basically PE is going to be in an entirely different, uh, you know, directorship this year, everything's going to be different, and it sure was. 
Um, they increase the amount of credit that young women are going to get for um, physical education. And they also uh, uh, start doing things like hiking outside. They also, she introduces indoor baseball during those harsh winters. Um, and uh, in some rather ingenious ways, and then once it's warm enough, they go uh, outside as well. But this is the situation Wilma Wood is in. They're not even going to teach German. They're not going to allow German music. None of that Beethoven stuff. Uh uh. Um, you know, and so she doesn't have a way, uh, across, this is true across the country. And so her role becomes more about sort of assisting Giddings, playing tennis with students, helping to direct the physical education. Uh, program and we may not always realize today that uh, skills that we develop um, we don't necessarily know whether in the future they might be useful and as a college teacher I, I do try to encourage students to understand you don't know when something's going to be useful and in this case things like basketball and baseball proved quite useful um, so by the end of 1918 school year um, they are establishing the Chi chapter at University of Montana um, it always bothers me because they never talk about, each university always goes back to the origi origins of Alpha Phi, but they never talk about their own history, and consequently it's essentially lost. Um, and uh, it can be, I think, useful. So there on the right, you see the headline that Alpha Phi has granted a charter uh, to a group of young women, the Delta Phi Zetas, who also won the baseball championship that year. Um, and uh, that their photographs are there included in the paper. And again, uh, actually the announcement is made, she makes the announcement to the team at their baseball game. Uh, everything she does is always linked to uh, the physical in many ways as well. But by spring of 1918, she's going to answer a call uh, for uh, uh, reconstruction aids, as they were termed. Um, and she's already determined that she and Wood, I'm not sure uh, you know, how that decision is made, are going to go to Reed College, and Giddings doesn't go to get trained, she goes to train. Even though no one's ever done this before, Giddings is going to step in and train them how to do it. And that's the kind of individual she was. Um, they go to Flathead Lake kind of on, on their way, um, always with a dog usually too. This is her in her, uh, her snappy uh, military uniform in 1918. Uh, the hat will stay with her uh, through thick and thin. Um, and again, sort of that handsome woman, athletically built, all of these uh, qualities that she was associated with. This is with her group at Reed College, and there on the far right, uh, they do look a bit worse for wear. Um, uh, they look exhausted, but things like physical fitness were part of this program, and so you, we can also see that connection of why the body is uh, important to her. And in terms of um, what the work they were doing, it's really quite amazing. Um, you know, you're hiring women to help soldiers recover, soldiers that in a sense have lost their, the uh, sort of the high level of physicality we might associate with soldiers, and now women are going to put them back together in, in ways that they actually had to be rather dominant. Uh, and in ways, therefore, that are uh, not necessarily expected. And I know some of the language we would not use today, but uh, it's also part of a promotional uh, effort as well. They were all over the country. <coughs> uh, when she does get to Turkey, uh, this is her, as you'll notice, she writes on these 
after typhoid fever, uh, she and her companion there, they're sitting in the front, um, they had started a rug-making factory for these Armenian refugees, and there's a larger story there as well. But Giddings, even with them, these are Armenian refugees who've been through, you know, hell. Uh, but before we start work every day, we need to do our calisthenics, because Ina Giddings is in charge. Um, and that she took photos of that as well. So they do look a bit worse for well uh, wear after uh, their time there. Um, so she keeps trying to keep her job at University of Montana. That's not going to happen. Um, and she eventually goes, I'm going to skip here. Uh, she does end up at University of Arizona for uh, significant, uh, the, for the rest of her career. Uh, and so by that fall semester of 1920, both Jameson and Giddings are at University of Arizona. Uh, Wood will stay as a reconstruction aide into the 1920s at Fort Sam Houston. Um, and uh, uh, when a reporter asked her why she moved to Arizona, she replied that given her family's perpetual migration west, it was just natural. She wasn't going to stay, but she decided she liked it. But as with most things about Ina Giddings, there's more to the story. Um, she uh, uh, had uh, written a very terse note to the university president saying basically there was no way in the world she was going to stay with the measly raise offered to her. Um, and sure enough, she got the raise and she then uh, returned. And uh, not unlike uh, in 1979, women were starting to argue that physicality mattered. Uh, women needed to be strong, not just helpless and passive. And so um, her, the significance of her time in Montana also plays, oh, that's her favorite title, Director of Women Athletics. Um, her A sweater that she instituted at University of Arizona, always her initials are on everything. <coughs> But at uh, 1976, a former uh, dean of women submitted her for uh, the first class of the University of Arizona Athletics Hall of Fame, and that's what she said. She built not an empire over which to preside, but an opportunity for the young women in her charge. What we have today rose from the foundation laid by her efforts and stands as a memorial to her. And I argue that Montana was crucial to her not only developing those ideas, but being able to put them into practice advocating for herself, knowing that uh, they would work. And today, actually, her views are quite common. Thank you very much.